welcome back to Happy Brain Podcast. Today we are going to be discussing the topic of patience. And I don't have any. That's the trouble with everything. Patience is hard. Patience is called a virtue. And virtues tend to be things that are hard to achieve. Well, it's yeah. what speaks to me is the response to it. Because patience is something I think that I have to have when things are not going the way I think I want them to. So we need to be patient when things are running late. And that begs the question of whose schedule is it? Is it my schedule or the Cosmos's schedule? Um, case in point, I mean, there was a lot of travel issues, you know, in the winter when storms come. And we have our normal schedule, and then we have to wait because of something external. And I think the natural um, response that I have is being upset. Because, again, it's, it's not going the way I had planned or the way I expected it to. So I think you're right. It's about managing expectations. So then what do you do about that? I think the first thing I try to do is just recognize that, um, you know, partly it's, res you know, resigned to feeling stuck. I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do. So I have to just wait. I don't like to wait because I feel like it's a waste. Um, or it's somebody wasting my time, or I could be doing something different. But then at the end of it, having some patience and have, taking a little bit of a break can kind of foster this peace of mind that we it's like forcing us to slow down, maybe. That's interesting that you say that, how you don't want to wait, because I think about, you know, that moment where something is delayed, you know, maybe we're in traffic, we're on our way somewhere, Um and what kind of internal dialogue are we having that is either promoting a lack of patience or, you know, increasing our patience? You know, what does that look like? You know, and I think for me, I've always kind of been, I feel like I'm in the middle. I think it depends on the day. Like, am I more high strung that day? Um, I tend to run on a little bit more high strung side. It depends on how many moving variables are going on, you know, like, is there a lot of noise around me? Because that will irritate me. And then my patients will start, you know, I think it kind of gets whittled down. But then again, I've met people who are just so calm and so patient. And even in their presence, I feel more calm, but easily to the to the opposite as well. So I wonder, you know, is it a part of our personality profile? Is this something like that we learn? But I mean, even with children, you think of with children and some of them are patient and then other ones are not. So is this, you know, nature nurture? Are we working against biology? Maybe so. I mean, I think that um, I, I do think at the end of the day, it's a matter of figuring out how to self-soothe. Because again, when it's not going our way or the timing is off, then we just have to be okay with that. We have to figure out that um, despite our best effort, we can't get what we want when we want it. So we just have to be a little patient about it. Um, and it can be very, very frustrating. You speak to being, I think, when we're more relaxed and things like that, it's easier to be patient because we can take things as they come, which I think would um, make me think that we have much more capacity to be patient when our life is a lot more ordered or not as stressed out. So we can only take so many assaults in a day. Yeah. And if we're being assaulted all day with all these needs or 
you know, things that we have to do or feel things that we feel like we have to do, then I think uh, we become a little less patient just because we don't have that capacity. Why people are naturally patient, I don't know. It's like they drank something or, you know, it's almost like, what are they smoking or what are they yeah. smelling? You know what I mean? Almost like they're under the influences if it's like an, in a natural sort of thing. But yeah, I think it's a practiced thing. I think we have to practice at it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not naturally patient. It's a challenge for me to be so. I have to kind of step outside of myself and think about, you know, now that I'm a mom, I, I think about how my energy or my tone specifically, because those are the first things that are very affected by the shift in my patience. So as soon as I start, let's think about it on like a, you know, a linear graph, you know, and as I start slowly shifting over into maybe annoyance, you know, then my energy has shifted, my body language has shifted, uh-huh. and my tone has shifted. So, you know, like with my infant child, I she's going to pick up on that. And as she picks up on that, she's going to respond to it. And I don't want that. So I have to step outside of myself, outside of my perception of the environment, and kind of reprioritize and that's probably, I think, one of the biggest gifts that I've experienced with, you know, one of one of the many gifts I've experienced with having a child is I'm able to do that. Whereas before, I think I was borderline, you know, volatile, you know, mm-hmm. you know, where it was kind of like a little bit too head on. I would like if I had to address something with you, we're not addressing one thing. We're going to address everything, you know, and that's kind of warmongering, you know, but now I'm like, OK. How can we do this in a way that maintains peace and makes something productive? You know, let's, um, if we're experiencing some sort of stressor, how can we get through this while keeping a healthy environment? Yeah. It, it, it makes me think of, um, well, I, I think of um, how we present ourselves just regularly. Because it's interesting that you say that, you know, tone is affected, and I agree with that. When we get a little short, then I think our tone changes. Um, Our body language definitely changes. Our muscle tone changes, not only our vocal tone. Um, And again, I think it's a response to kind of just one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. But it also uh, inspires me to think about um, kind of this ideal space that we have or this mental space are we working too hard to maintain a a, like a happy tone and if we're working too hard to do that then it seems a little unnatural so if we start getting stressed out then we kind of go to our natural tone and then of course when we're hurried then we go to kind of a more hurried tone I think what I would argue is to just make sure that we're you know akin to being our best self sort of thing but not expending unnatural amounts of energy to be that best self. Because then I think that will lend us to be less patient because we're working so hard just to kind of present ourselves better than we kind of quote are. Mm -hmm. The other thing that makes me think of is kind of like that resting bitch face, you know? And it's just a, a neutral positioning of our muscles that aren't actively engaging. But unfortunately in our society, it looks mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's actually the most efficient way to hold our face. Yeah, it's really funny that you bring that up because, I mean, I normally the resting bitch face is used towards women, which there's this huge 
you know, it's misogynistic. This absolutely. huge idea yeah. of like women, you know, you should why you smile more? You know, it's like it causes wrinkles. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you're not funny. Yeah, and I'm not entertained right now, <laughs> yeah. and I'm you know I'm right. thinking, and I'm not about you. Um, and I, you know, it's it's interesting because being put in that that area of like expectation of how I need to present, you know, my emotions is just really I think very toxic, um, and. I mean, it's just toxic for you and me because you're basically asking me to mask. Right. You know? I was reading or something. Or like an Instagram oh, model. Yeah. Like you're living every day like you're like an Instagram model. Yeah. That's like that's like point zero zero one percent of the time spent, whereas 99.9 whatever percent of the time people are just regular. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's – the media is so toxic and I'm, I'm – you know, social media, there are some safe places and I think it can be used, but I think more – you know, it's – it's a lot of junk food mm-hmm. and too much of something that feels good quickly is not good for you. And I think if you notice yourself engaging like that, you know, I keep a, a tracker on my phone to make sure I'm not using my social media as much, but I, you know, it's funny. I reconnected with a friend pretty recently and we were talking about like self-help and, you know, her and I have kind of re reconvened on our journeys as we've kind of leveled up. Um, and, I was sharing with her some conflicts and challenges that I'm having and, you know, just kind of things that I'm working through. And she's like, oh, well, you know, you just seem so great, like, on online. And I'm like, thank you. I curated it that way. <laughs> you know, like, why do I want to show you the things that are not pretty? You right. know, I don't want to show you my laundry pile. You know, it's not kind of funny to me because it's like I very intentionally am showing you the things in my life that are beautiful or the things that bring me joy. You know, I'm not trying to present my life like there is nothing wrong, but in, you know, which I think that that is how it's perceived. People don't take into consideration that there's a lot of things behind the scenes, you know. You don't know all the cleanup that I have to do after this meal I just took a photo of, you know, this beautiful meal I made, but there's so much dishes. You know, you don't see that part Mm -hmm. because I'm not, like, giving you the behind the scenes. But it's just really funny, I think. It dovetails into the patience thing, though, because I think... um you know, the times in my life when I f- I'm challenged to feel patient, like when things are not going the way I hoped or planned or something like that, um, it it almost kind of feeds into that every moment needs to be utilized to the nth degree, kind of like, you know, representing ourselves on social media, you know. We don't, like, think of the cleanup or the process that it took to kind of get there or the things that are behind the scene. And I think the behind the scene things are the things that challenge us to be patient with because they're just, you know, they're part of it. They're part of the work part. They're part of the toil that is the downtimes between the fun times. And maybe that's where we need patience more than anything else. One thing that was interesting because uh, um, this sounds like a value judgment, but one thing that stymies me is to see people waiting in line to get coffee or to get uh, breakfast on weekends, people will wait hours for this stuff. And I cannot, in my mind, in my value system, think that that is a good way to spend time. I think personally it's a waste of time. I would never do it for coffee, for God's sakes, when you can get that pretty much anywhere. I know there's different types, and don't get me wrong, and I get that. (laughs) But still, I mean, it's still at the end of the day, it's just a beverage, right? Um, Breakfast, you know, it's just food kind of thing. But, you know, taking time to wait 
for something like this, just for me, I can never get my head around it. And I think it's a terrible waste of time. But maybe for some other people, it's time well spent. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I can't, because I've been in that phase where I was, you know, a couple years ago, you know, on the weekends, we would go to like the hot brunch spot, you know, and it huge wait. And, you know, while we wait, we'd walk around, you know, or we engage in conversation. So I don't necessarily feel like the time was ill spent because I'm still in good company. So I kind of like think about it that way. And I think about the weekend as being used to kind of slow down and mm-hmm. um, be a little bit more peaceful and intentional. But at the same time, nowadays, my life has changed and I prefer to make homemade meals and like the things I want to do have shifted. So I think it also depends probably on like, where are we at in our journey and what brings us happiness? Are like the hottest crepes in town going to make me happy or, you know, because I've, you know, I, my partner makes fun of me because I will drive a good distance to go. I used to love this coffee spot in Portland, um, called Prince. Loved it. It used to be right across my, my apartment and then they moved, but I still loved it. So I would drive to them, not anywhere near anything I ever go to and horrible parking, all the barriers you could think of. (laughs) And my partner would make fun of me when he found out I would go there still And for me, it was like the journey there was also part of the experience. You know, it was like I was alone. I was decompressing. I was on my way to get something. I got my thing. And there's some sense of completion, maybe fulfillment in that. Um, I don't have that anymore. Like occasionally I'll go get coffee when I'm out of the house, which is rare. But I have an espresso machine and I'm equally happy. (laughs) So it's, you know, I think it's interesting that you bring that up, though, because I mean, pre-pandemic people would wait and I'm sure this it's going to start now that the you know you're able to go back out to eat but lines for brunch would be like two hours right right you know and again you know nothing to disparage except where it's not my choice I think it's interesting though as you were talking it, it made me think of you know it does require a little bit of a confidence you know frankly to determine that we're spending time well for ourselves, you know what I mean, for whatever reason. There's a myriad of things that we could be doing or not be doing, you know what I mean? And, you know, ultimately, who's to judge, um, you know, what we're kind of quote-unquote supposed to be doing, you know? Whereas I think at the end of the day, supposed to be taking care of ourselves. And whatever, you know, shape or form that looks like, uh, I think there's very common things for most of us will benefit from, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's we have to make that decision for ourselves. I mean, do you, we've talked about this before, but I mean, it's like with chores around the house. Do you get aggravated at doing your chores or do you think that that's just like time well spent? Well, it's, um, it's necessary time spent, unfortunately, because there is a matter of toil again that we do. I mean, my life hack is I try to make things as, efficient as possible so there's the least amount of effort put in for the maximal amount of benefit are you familiar with that movie um the fly yes with jeff goldblum okay so i'm a huge jeff goldblum fan just like a a, you know just to share that i love him he's a stud and he's hilarious but um i digress anyway from the movie the fly there's he has like all the same outfits and to me i always admired that and i as a kid or like teen whenever I saw the movie I was like I want to be like that I don't want to have to worry about what I'm going to wear I just want to have like a closet full of the same exact outfits so that when I get up in the morning I just put that on you know and I think I always liked that about medicine too because I was like I just wear my scrubs 
you know? Um, and then I got into mental health, which don't really wear scrubs, but, uh, it's interesting just, you say that because I, I was just reading something about the reinforced, um, you know, the way I think about it is, um, you know, under the guise of like highly effective people, um, you know, pretty much wear the same thing all the time because we have to make so many decisions every day that if we're grappling to decide what we wear, which really doesn't matter, really at the end of the day. I mean, of course, if you're in fashion or something like that, then I would argue that it does, but that's the nature of it. But really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. As long as it's clean, I don't think anybody really cares what we wear. Um, as a provider, it's interesting because I can wear the same thing every day for two weeks and nobody would notice because I don't see the same person every day. You know what I'm saying? But what it does, it cuts down the, that's uh, you know, a few fewer decisions that you have to make in the morning that you can reserve, you know, your brain power to make decisions later. So there's a lot to be said about that. And I, I'm with that because um, um, I think if we have too much time spending about what we're wearing and such like that, then I would just worry about, you know, I mean, again, it's a value judgment, but I don't want to spend my time thinking about what I'm going to wear. I mean, I'm mostly in agreement. There are times when I'm like in the mood to be engaged in more of a performance, if you will. And then I'll start getting more theatrical and I like that and it's fun and it's kind of like borderlining on like costumery. Yeah. You know, but that's different. You that's know? not every day. No. That's not every day for me. I mean, just to go to work. Again, I could wear the same thing for two weeks and no one would notice. But I mean, even for work, don't you kind of feel like when you do get into your, you know, your work attire that you're kind of tapping into that part of your personality or that um, that version of yourself? Absolutely. It's a uniform or like a costume. You know, it's like your Superman costume and such yeah. like that. Or, you know, scrubs are the same thing or the lab coat's the same thing. It's almost kind of like you adopt this identity based on your clothes and such like that but um and other people see it as well you know it's not just something that you feel because i mean think about like a firefighter you know it's like when i mean not even in like the full-on fire outfit but like even just their you know their blue t-shirts you know you know what they are you know what mm -hmm. they do you feel like you know them more you have these ideas of like i don't know even trust you know uh, respect all these different kind of feelings towards them and same with you know medical professionals you know right. you have you want to be more open with them you feel more safe with them and it's it's powerful well it's it's kind of it makes me think too of if, uh, if a bunch of fire people showed up dressed as you know postal delivery people they would be so confusing and you'd question their competence yeah even though yep. it just had nothing to do with anything except for what they're wearing so I get it. It does send definite messages and such. But again, I think it's, um, you know, how do we want to spend the time in our day? Yeah. You know, we, in doing things that bring us value, it just really, really takes some time to figure that out. It really does. You know, and kind of to pivot back, you know, towards patience, I think the big reason why I was inspired to kind of bring us towards this topic is, you know, I think a huge part of happiness is achieving that inner peace. Um, and through that inner peace, we can have an increased satisfaction with the lives that we're living or the journey that we're on. Um, I've been reading this book, The Road Less Traveled by uh, Scott Peck, and it 
I just started last night, so let me kind of, you know, disclaim that. But it starts off and in, it beginning starts as like, life's difficult. And as soon as you accept that, it's going to be easier, pretty much. You know, that's not a direct quote, but um, mm-hmm. I've, it's exactly what I needed to read before I went to bed. And I was just kind of, I felt relieved to understand that there are so many things outside of our control. And, you know, whether it's a relationship or your career or academia or just navigating traffic, you're going to have road bumps. You're going to have things that challenge you. And I think without these challenges, these things that, you know, test our patience, we can't really grow, you know. And I think as far as being happy is just kind of acknowledging that as being part of the journey will change everything. And it, But we have to shift the way that we look at it. You know, I think if we look at things as being annoying or frustrating and just accept that it's part of the journey and kind of expect the unexpected and sometimes the unexpected isn't so great. Uh, maybe start looking at it more through like a neutral lens. Maybe it's great. Maybe it's not so great, but it's all gearing towards like that development of who you are. Um, I don't know. Yeah. They, it, it's interesting you say that because there's a Buddhist saying, of course, to tales with this that life is suffering but i think it's important to remember it's i think a lot of people interpret that that all life is suffering i think it's more accurate there is suffering in life there are obstacles in life that doesn't mean your entire life is an obstacle you know because that makes it sound very depressing frankly um but i think highlighting that there is you know obstacles that we need to encounter Um, is very important because, yes, it does set up expectations, which I think is the biggest issue that we have because, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to patience, it's it's a learned behavior in response to our natural tendency to want what we want when we want it. It's very childish. It's a lot of childish kind of things. It's, you know, just think of the kid having a tantrum in the grocery store aisle because they want their candy right now. They don't understand delayed frat gratification or anything like that, or the fact that their parents can't even afford it. You know, it's just very narrow minded. I want what I want when I want it. And it's an early lesson in just trying to be patient. Being patient helps us recognize that we're not as bad off as we think we are. You know, or we can go without for a few more minutes or a few more hours or a few days or years without having that right away. Um, It's also realizing that we're in a long game. It's not just this short sort of thing that I got to get it now. Otherwise, somebody's going to get ahead of me. No, you might not have it now, but then you can appreciate it much later and such like that. But again, patience, I think, is one of those kind of more complicated ways of rationalizing or understanding, you know, that the world is on the world's time. We are part of the world. The world is not on our time, you know. And being patient allows us to just kind of go with the flow a little more without feeling like we're being um, too compromising. We don't have to compromise, per se. We just have to wait. Or just, you know, it will happen. You know, say like a delayed flight. If it's canceled because of snow, the snow will pass. You'll get home. It's just not right this minute. You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of um, rather than giving up, giving in. You know, so rather than being defeated by 
in my mind, I think of like a wave, you know, if you've been in the ocean and you, you get hit by a wave rather than trying to push against the wave, which is coming at you and it's natural and you can't really fight it, just letting it kind of come over you. And there's like this sense of freedom. And if you know, if you've ever like allowed yourself, you know, done it intentionally, held your breath and allowed yourself to kind of be tumbled by the wave, you don't end up getting hurt. If you resist mm-hmm. it, you get hurt. Um, and I think that that was something that, that I kind of thought of while you were describing all these instances of, you know, what patience really is and how, how we interact with it. Um, you know, it's, it's funny to me because patients, I notice it's contagious. You know, when I'm in the presence of somebody who is patient, such as yourself, I'm able to kind of, you know, and you say some things like when maybe we get riled up about some, some roadblock we've encountered and I'm able to kind of step back and be like, Ooh, put that in my back pocket for later. Um, but more times than not, I'm often like an aggressor and I, you know, I can see that when I, I'm agitating other people and I'm testing their patience, mm-hmm. you know? So I think, you know, there's definitely a level of, you know, what are we sharing with other people? You know, are we helping them on their road to happiness as well? You know, I'm, I know we're not responsible for other people's happiness, but I definitely think that we play a role in it. You know, I definitely think we affect other people. Um, there was this man that I used to always encounter. He would pump my gas, an older gentleman, and he was always in such a good mood. And I'm, I hate getting gas. I don't like getting gas. I don't want to pay for it. I don't want to be there. And I'm always like on my way to work. So it was never something I look forward to, but he was always in such a good mood, even if it was cold and raining. And, you know, I was always, I was always sure to call him sir. And I, you know, I respected him so much. And like, I, I would think about him all the time because he always, every time I saw him, he made my day better. He made me infinitely grateful for everything just by the way that he encountered me. Um, And I've just felt that like out of all the people that I encounter on those days when I would see him, he had such a huge impact and he was just pumping my gas. So how is that possible? How is that possible? But with his kindness and his like joy of life, even amidst whatever trials he might've had that, you know, put him in the position that he was having to be out in the cold. And I was just, I'm still, I haven't seen him in years, but I, he stays with me that, that kindness and that happiness stays with me. And it was just really inspiring. So yeah, just want to share that with you guys. I feel like it's a, a good little tidbit to kind of be like, you know, we have so much to be grateful for, but we're so easily ungrateful and we're aggravated but, you know, it's, it's interesting because my mom used to always tell me, like, often the people who have very little are the most giving and the most kind. Um, and I've encountered a lot of instances where this is true and probably not a blanket statement. But it's definitely something that inspires me to, to dry, try and be more kind myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it sounds like a, a materialistic thing. But I think people who are, you know, uh, live with love share love quite readily, you know, and I think uh, uh, there's like vibrational and chemical connections that we have. 
And yes, we can influence other people very quickly with very few words, just based on our disposition. It's not magical thinking or controlling other people's minds or anything like that, but it is generally like a disposition. I mean, when you walk into a room full of dogs and you're calm, the dogs are calm. They, they read, they pick up on things. And I think as human beings, we pick up on things, you know, threats. We pick up on threats right away. Um, the other thing I think is important that, um, again, with um, patients is that we do have to recognize that, again, there is suffering in life. You know what I mean? Uh, to use your wave analogy and such, though, there's an equation I remember that um, um, suffering is pain plus resistance to experiencing pain. So if we do go out of our way to avoid pains that we you know, that are unavoidable per se, um, then I think that's when we truly suffer because we're resisting being, embracing our humanness. And when we, you know, we don't, we're trying to avoid feeling, then I think we're losing sight and that leads to suffering because then we're avoiding rather than being. We're avoiding rather than experiencing. Um, so I think, um, you know, let's not, you know, intentionally suffer, intentionally look after pain or anything like that. But I think just embracing it when it comes, not in a kind of a masochistic sort of way, but just understanding that that's, you know, it's not going to all go our way every day. It's not a big deal. Avoiding that, avoiding pain is a huge experience. And I think even as a kid, I was scared to do things because I didn't want to break a leg or break a bone because I just am scared of that. Um, mostly because I'm scared of needles and I knew that I'd have to get a shot, but it stayed with me. So, I mean, but I probably didn't do a lot of, you know, more reckless, but fun things. You know, I probably was a little holding back in gymnastics or in PE or like, I don't want to, you know, do that. I don't want to get hurt, but I gave up fun. I gave up my, I gave up having fun in my life and enjoying my life. And especially as a kid, I feel like that's, you bounce back now. I really can't take a dodgeball to the face, you know, like it's going to hurt way more, but you know, now I'm trying to break free out of that. I'm like, oh, I want to do more, you know, kind of scary, push me outside of my comfort zone, you know? Well, I think that fear is a learned behavior, honestly speaking, because uh, kids don't fear. I mean, you just go out, it's parents who say, oh my God, sweetie, you're going to break your leg or something like that. And then we incorporate that fear from fearful parents who are just talking about one possibility out of many. So I think the practical aspects of patients, fostering peace of mind, how do we do that? I think, um, again, the fundamentals are important. I don't think we're very patient when we're hungry or pissed off or frustrated with other things in life. So I think... Um, to truly be patient, I think we have to put ourselves first. Um, because when we do that, then I think we can do as much as we can. Understanding again that the world's timing is the world's. We're just here very temporarily. Um, and patience requires mitigating personal expectations. I would say if I had to add to anything to that, I would just say try and not resist a detour. You know, you don't want to cheat yourself out of the unexpected or something that's going to help you to grow. You know, I mean, this is a journey, right? So 
kind of just enjoy it as much as you can. And I think if your goal is that rather than trying to control these variables, you're going to enjoy life a lot more. Yes, I agree you know? with you. And I mean, having experienced that fairly recently, you know, being unable to get home when I thought I was supposed to be or scheduled to be and such like that. Yeah, it just opens up an opportunity for detours and the detours are exciting because like you can't plan for things that you don't expect. And sometimes these unplanned experiences allow us to be eyes wide open, um, very vulnerable. Yet when we're just a little bit vulnerable, that that tends to be the most, not so much attractive because we don't want to be taken advantage of, but our eyes are wide open, so therefore we're open to more new experiences. And that is, I think, the best remedy for, you know, the mundane, the, the kind of ritualized, rut kind of driven lives that I think we find ourselves in. I mean, for goodness sakes, it's already almost the end of February. I mean... I think, you know, for the last year, the last five years have gone so quickly. You know what I mean? So how am I going to, like, not make this day just like the other days? But um, I still have to be mindful not to plan it out so much that it, I have to expect it to be a certain way. I have to build in opportunities for patients. You know, and maybe these instances that challenge our patients are actually really awesome blessings to break up that mundane. You know, it's like when you, you're on a road trip or something and you get lost and you don't have cell phone service or, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you might be off track, but there's new things there, things that you weren't expecting, things that you weren't looking for. And I think that's in those unexpected moments are when you make really awesome memories or learn really cool things about yourself or other people. And I think if we kind of walk into it with that outlook, you know, I've gotten lost many, many times, even just on my way home. Um, and my sister always gets really mad at me specifically, she, you know, I, and it's, um, I always try to like reframe it like, no, we're just here right now. And like, isn't it beautiful? And let's just keep going. No reason to hurry back to where we're going because we're already going somewhere. You know, it's a part of the process. And I think that it's the journey. Yeah. It's the journey. And, you know, you find like, new places to go, new people to see and stuff like that when we're out of our kind of just small routine, for yeah. sure. So maybe be brave enough to get lost a little bit. But again, we have to pay attention to our creature comforts because, again, it's easier to be curious. It's easier to be patient when we're not suffering or we're not in pain or we're not tired or we're not hungry and things like that. So, again, so get some sleep. Bring right. a jacket with you so you're warm and a snack. You know, don't get hangry. So, yeah, meet those basic needs, please, right. always first. And when we do get lost, it's interesting because I think then we appreciate, you know, we see things better. You know, we're more in tune rather than tuning things out. And, I, I mean, you know, we're appreciative for, like, I'm, I'm glad I put a roll of toilet paper in my trunk. You know what I mean? Little things like that. You don't know why you do it. But, you know, when you get lost and stuff like that, it's just like, oh, my God, I, I have that's exactly what I need at, the, at this moment sort of thing. And it lends itself to just being, like, very appreciative for uh, the small things, which I think is crucial, um, because the big things, you know, we're just part of. All right. Well, maybe let's leave it there. And I hope everybody who takes their time to listen to this um, – Feels a little bit more, yeah, feels a little patient. bit more empowered to be patient 
All right. And take care of yourself because that's the most important. Nobody can do it for us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. And this is Happy Brain Podcast, where we challenge thinking, behavior, and the idea of happiness. And we're your host. This is Brittany. And Dr. Robert Olson. Catch you next week.